Welcome back to the Blue Dudes podcast. My name is Eric Marks, joined by my original OG partner in crime, Dan Golden. How are you, Dan? I'm good. I'm actually wearing a hoodie right now, so I feel like an OG gangster. But I'm good. I'm actually healthy. I, I mean, they're going to be in New Jersey in January, but I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing today, Eric? I'm good. I'm good. OG will probably be a recurring theme later in this oh, podcast. That's good. I know. Is it the first time we've ever started one and then brought Steph on late? Or have we done it before? I can't remember. It's the first I, I like can it. remember. It's been a long time since we've done it. I feel like you came on late once. I don't know. We do a lot of writing crap around here. <laughs> we like to keep people on their toes, you know? It's funny. I have the Nick stuff here first. Like, wait a second. Seth had to come on later, so we'll do that later. <laughs> I'll, I'll go to the hood. Yeah, so today <laughs> we're going to start with the Giants, whose season mm-hmm. season is over. Um, uh, you know, been over, dude. <laughs> it's, it's been over. But there's... Um, <clears throat> As NFL fans know, there's a big head coaching carousel going on. The Giants are not on that train. Um, no, not yet, at least. <laughs> not yet, but you know, lots to talk about regardless with the Giants and how things ended and where things go from here. So let's start with um, let's start with the the infamous uh, Wink Martindale exit, which happened right after the Giants season ended. Um, yeah. What uh, what sort of like final closure do you think there is on the Wink situation, Dan? I, you know what? I, I, I've been thinking about it, and I feel like nobody, not that you want to always have to assign blame. I know we live in a country that people want to blame things. I think both sides are to blame in this. Mm. Um, at the end of the day, you know, Dave Ball's the head coach. Um, if you, It seems that next, whoever we hire for any coaching vacancy cannot be a type A uh, hyper alpha male. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it seems like Wink and Dave Ball butted heads, you know. And we'll get to, you know, a little bit of Dables in a second, but I just, you know, it seems that we, you know, we love Wink. Um, we're always going to love Wink, but it seems that his time with the Giants was never going to last more than this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like even for the start, um, for the start uh, of his tenure, it wasn't always easy if you read the, some of the art reports, you know, not, not loving Dables' style, his constant in-your-faceness, um, you know, being so, you know, in such a wannabe control guy, Wink. Uh, when you're an assistant coach, you can't really be in control unless the you know unless you have a Robert Sala type of head coach, which is not Dable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I just think you know it's. I know a couple of coordinators got fired. Uh, I don't, but, but the thing I don't like about um, happening with with Wink, I just I don't. You know, I'm not. I have a family member who's a PR person, so I kind of like think like that sometimes. I just if you're gonna get rid of somebody or try to get you know, don't hide from it. You know, if you want a fire guy, you want him to leave, you fire his two coaches. You know, I don't think you have a, a wrong to fire the guy if you don't want to keep a lot. It's your, it's your team. But don't have an 8.30 a.m. press conference. You know, don't necessarily, oh, we just, by the way, Wink, we fired your, your your two buddies, Wilkin, whoever these guys are. I never heard of these guys, but whatever. Mm-hmm. We're going to fire your buddies. And, oh, by the way, Wink, you know, you're going to hire new guys. And, and you know, you know Wink's going to flip out by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, blank, you know, curse you and leave, and then suddenly, oh, by the way, there's no more, no more media availability until the combine. I, I don't like, I don't like not facing the music. You know, you're the coach, you're in charge. Things go wrong. You don't have to be, you know, give the whole story, but you know, just be a little more upfront. Don't hide from your decisions. That's, this is not the Midwest. I think he's from Buffalo, Dave. Well, it's not mid Buffalo. You know, we want to, we want some answers. We don't, you don't need to be. You know, 100% honest, but don't be a little, don't be a sissy, don't run away, don't hide from your choices, because that's not, you know, it's not accountability, it's not being, a, to me, not being a good leader. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have no problem with the way he's coached so far, I know he has some problems this year, but teams seem to, do, do, you know, respond to him, but I, I don't think, if you keep doing the style, I don't think it's going to rub people the right way over the course of the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. And did you feel like, so, so what, from what you're saying, like, was the tactic to try to get Wink to want to leave himself? I mean, we'll never know that, and I, and never, but I think so. Um, but it ended up being kind of like a firing because they mutually parted ways, and he was he's able to sign wherever he wants to go. Uh-huh. It's like a weird like combination of firing slash uh, quitting. I know that he's not getting paid for it, though. Uh-huh. But um, I, I I guess so. And it's, if you want to do that, I, it's fine. I, I'm not going to c- criticize how you go about your job, how you. To you know how you run your franchise, but or your 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 locker room, whatever you want to call it, yeah, because he's not really in the franchise. Uh, I just I just don't like hiding from what you did. 
or hot, you know, doing everything after you have a press conference. Who, who has an 8.30 a.m. press conference? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I heard that. I was like, something. I'm like, really? I, I thought that was a joke. I was like, no, this can't be. This is BS. Dan, this don't, don't forget. Like, for me, that's 5.30 a.m. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they're not really worried about the, the, the West Coast people. I'm, you know, unfortunately. But, uh, oh, well, come I, on. Yeah, but, <laughs> but even like a normal like 9, 9, 30, 9, 9, 9 to 10 o'clock is normal. That's so early. But, like, it's just, it's just obscene. Like, people aren't. Your workday starts at nine o'clock for the most part, mm-hmm. unless you have, you know, for the most part. I just really seem funky. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, wait. I really felt like I thought it was a mistake. I'm like, nah, they got to be wrong. I'm like, maybe at the, I'm, I'm sure it's ten o'clock, whatever time I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I just that's my that's my concern with what you know what happened here. You know, he, he even fired he fired one of his friends, the, the old line coach Bobby Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't somebody somebody I think he liked. So clearly, he's not necessarily playing favorites. If he kept Johnson and fighting went to hell on Wink, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. You know, he could have handled it probably a little bit better, but he's not, you know, and one thing I liked about Dayball from the start, he brought in people he never, didn't necessarily know so well. Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't his friends. Like, he, I know Kafka, you know, it's been a struggle this year. Um, and Wink were not people who came under his, his auspices. And he didn't really run into them outside of, you know, knowing their work. Mm-hmm. And I, re- I respect that. I don't know. If, and listen, I think we'll talk about it at some point today. Who he, You know, some ideas, but like, there's guys out there like Leslie Frazier. Is that somebody we want to see come in? You know, is he going to be, you know, could, he's somebody who would work with Dable. Um, I know, I know they still have Kath, uh, Ken Dorsey, who, you know, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't mean to slander the good, <laughs> the good, the good name of Ken Dorsey. Shoveling but, rocks know, on the grave there. As, as Eric flies the jersey, kicks my ass. No, but, um, <laughs> no, but, no, but he, he, since look at Buffalo, they're a top team. Again, their offense is better since they fired this guy. And maybe it was a bad fit in Buffalo. But I, I mean, listen, the challenge should be easy to coach. Um, like, what if he brings in Dorsey to run the offense, cap the leaves or something? Mm-hmm. Like that, that that would concern me, you know. But so, you know, so far his coaching, you know, game day coaching has been, you know, for the most part good. This year he has some; he was a little less aggressive, um, you know. And the way the team responded, you know, playoffs last year, and you know, not rolling over and dying this year, you can't really criticize his his motive, his motivational tactics, the way he rides the team. But, you know, behind the scenes stuff, um, that to me is, and we'll get to that in a few seconds, I guess, but um, that's a little more concerning. Mm-hmm. And that kind of brings me some, some pause and some worry, if you will. Yeah, which. Um... Yeah. But I'll miss Wink, you know, but, I mean, Wink's not the end all be all D coordinator. He's not. And yeah. it's, it's a shame how it ended, but, you know, there's, it's, it's, you know there's, he's not the greatest of all time. And I, I, wish he's, I wish he was still here, but did a lot of good, you know, nobody did for. Guys like uh, Dexter, like like Sexy Dexy and McFadden, mm-hmm. you know, Deontay Banks had a great first year. Um, you know, guys excel. You know, Tavon got a little bit better this year, but um, yeah, but you know, some guys you put guys in a good spot, but you know, it's, it wasn't meant to be. Um, and real quick, are there any other candidates you think would be good to take over Wink's job? Uh, listen, I mean, I mentioned Leslie Frazier's name. It's a couple of guy from Tennessee who's I'm not gonna even try to remember his name. I didn't really write it down. Uh he the Tennessee's defense. He was been decent. This year kind of stunk. But another bad year in Tennessee. The other guy who really fascinates me that we don't know. Um oh, oh I love I know the one. Antonio Pierce was a candidate. But I don't <laughs> I would love to have him. I know he's never coached a defense, like a coordinating job, but you know, I think he'll stay in LA LA God, Vegas. Um <laughs> But you know he'd be a cool one. But uh, the guy who they I think they interviewed him was name is Denard Wilson, and I, I don't. He kind of has like a spags ring because he coached the Eagles defense a couple of years ago. Mm. Right now he's in, he's in Baltimore, and I you know been doing some quick research, and I'm not gonna you know what what do I know about what these guys scheme and what they kind of can't do? You never know. But he's he's a former player. His name sounds familiar. I feel like I remember his name. Uh, he's he's a former player. He's coached. He's done some scouting. Um, he's coached defensive backs for a while. And he was the Eagles' de- defensive backs coach for a little bit, and last, at least last year. And they were one of the better ones in the league. Granted, they had guys like, you know, Darius Slay and Bradbury. But, he, you know, he, he coached some guys up. Like, Reed Blankenship excelled under him, you know. And even this year in Baltimore, they're doing a great job under his tutelage. Um, could he come in and coach the defense, you know, at the coordinator? I don't know. But honestly... Being a Philly, being a guy who's from Philly, not from Philly, sorry, coach in Philly, and they didn't. There's they, the rumor was they want the players wanted to have him hired as a coordinator, mm-hmm. and 
<laughs> weird, weird. You know what Sirianni said? No, I don't know what Sirianni's decision was. <laughs> so with the Baltimore, so that'd be somebody who I, I'm. I'm always a fan of finding young guys who've been around, who've coached under. Um, you know, he's coached under a lot of guys, like he coached under Williams, coached under uh, uh, obviously the guy in Baltimore now, McDonald. And he coached under somebody else too, whose name I'm blanking up. He's coached under a couple of good coaches. Mm-hmm. So he has, you know, he has a. So it'd be it'd be interesting to see him coming, um, you know. But like I, what I, hopefully what Dayball and I assume Sheen are doing is they're you know making sure these guys are going to come in and, and coach you know to our players, you know, talents, you know, mm-hmm. guys like Sexy, guys like Kayvon, you know, sending guys like Banks and even McFadden, you know, what can they do to put these guys into play? Are they going to totally change the scheme? You know, are they going to are they going to like are they going to create Sorry, bringing some principles that could help them, or they're going to be are they stubborn guys who only want to do th- things one way? And honestly, I'm nervous because I don't want to see Dexy, you know, put into a spot he can't he can't shine. Yeah, um, I know he's had a couple of years where he wasn't the, uh, uh, now he's an all pro. I think he's an all pro, but he's if he's not, he should be an all pro. Yeah. So you know, I just want to make sure these guys are put into spots, you know, coached to their abilities, not necessarily because oh, I want to do a cover two man and I'm making stuff up, cover two man, but you know they can't do it. Oh well, screw that. You know, I remember, I remember Wink gave. Remember Wink gave that really big hug to Shane when he picked Banks. Yeah, yeah. So clearly, clearly, there's a guy that Wink liked, and who knows if, if somebody, he, other guys like him. Maybe he, maybe he's more of a zone coach, Wilson, and Banks is more of a man guy. So I'm, that, that makes me um, a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, you never know. You know, but this guy seems young. He seems talented. He's, you know, he seems well respected by players. So that would be somebody who, if, they, if, if he's hired, I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. I heard this name floated around. Mm-hmm. Who would you say the Giants brought back Patrick Graham? Um, I wouldn't think that's a bad decision necessarily. I, I don't know. Well, I, I'm open yeah. to ideas. Yeah, I guess if you know the last worst game, I just I just want somebody. I want somebody fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, and I over this guy. I know Wilson had his moments. You know, he's a little. I think he's a bit more. He didn't he coach Dexy. I think for the first so. couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So that worries me. But we'll see. He would be he would be the worst, but I'd rather I'd rather see somebody else if that's possible. Right, right. Yeah. Um let's move on to Dayball and some of the reports that have come out over the last few days. Um so coach Brian Dayball's, you know, obviously showed he's a good coach over the last two years. Um but do you think we should be concerned about the reports of his, you know, his Reportedly abusive nature uh, towards the coaching staff. <laughs> Wait, what was the first word you used? Borley? Reportedly. Reportedly. I thought it was a funny word. Um, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Of course. Um, listen, we. Um, he is, like I said before, he is the leader. He is clearly an alpha male, somebody who is in char- likes to be in charge and shows in charge. Mm-hmm. But it's also, you know, le- levels. I think I was thinking about Be- Belichick and, and Saban. I mean, I guess they're kind of in the news. You know, I don't remember ever hearing coaches saying these guys are terrible human beings or they're horrible to work for. Um, and even, you know, people keep going back to work for uh, to work for Bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, coaches get jobs and come back. So, but like, to treat your you know to treat your staff the way he sounds like he's treating them is it's worrisome. You know, these are guys you trust to work for you. You know, they're, in, they're they have a role, and it's one thing if they go around you and try to exert power. But to constantly berate and to demean and to yell into the ear, the um, headphones all game long, that seems to be, you know, kind of a tough situation where I don't think I want to work under that. You know, you, I was thinking about it. You, you own a business. I, I you know, I, I work at a school and I have people who are above me, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, would you ever yell at your employees, like berate them, if <laughs> you know, constantly if they're working on a project? I, I don't God. think you would. You know, I, 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 I'd love to. No, I, no, not. <laughs> no, not I, I've no. seen you. I've seen you in your studio. I don't think you would. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't think you would. But I, I would. I don't think I want somebody yelling at me. It's one thing to get criticism. Yeah. Uh, or to get advice, but like another thing to literally say to constantly. If I'm teaching a class that somebody's in my ear coming young, I mean, it's you, you know, it's highly degrading. It's also like it's it's. I think it's out of touch with the current state of humanity. Like you can't really do no, that. Sure. You can't do that no. now in the U.S. workplace. Yeah, no, you can you can be tough and you can expect a lot, but you can't you know constantly make somebody feel like worthless. Yeah, and it's, it's funny because he's a good players coach. Yeah, but he. Somebody said it today. I, I, it's not my line. Like, how could you be a players coach without a coach's coach? <laughs> like, 
I don't think I've heard that one before. <laughs> but it's just I, I, I. But it seems like people, you know, I've, you've heard people don't 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 work for Dayball, but you've heard, you know, they're getting people to interview for the openings. I know they have a couple other openings. Um, oh, we've to talk about the guy they hired for O coordinator, O line coach. That's that important. Hopefully, hope this guy builds it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it later. I'm sorry, um, but um. So yeah, I I, I just you got to hope that you know he's getting well. That Joe Shane has talked to him, that they are getting guys to come interview. Um, so it's not like people are totally saying no. They hire somebody, you know, they're bringing people to interview. So hopefully it's you know kind of overblown, but I don't see how it can be overblown. Mm-hmm. So, um, but um, you know it is definitely worse. So what you know we just talk. What do you, what do you think? What are you concerned that in the future? You know. He might lose control. People might not want to come here because, or, you know, it might get a bad reputation going forward. It's interesting. I mean, like, the Giants have just had so much turnover at head coach over the last few years. Um, mm-hmm. And this is, you know, it finally seemed like a year ago the Giants found their guy, right? Like, a year ago we were mm-hmm. talking about, like, oh, this he turned things around so quickly. We're on the up and up, you know, all sunshine from here. But, like, this is concerning and... um I think it needs to be a deep conversation with the Maras, with Shane, about, um, you know, what the players need, what the coaches need, and, like, creating a culture that is built to last and not going to yeah. not gonna create this churn of, you know, people who aren't going to want to stick around and, and continue building that with him. That's a great point. I didn't think about the culture. It seems like he's building a pretty positive, solid culture. Mm-hmm. You know, even, even this year, like I said before, the team could have, Tripled up and died. They didn't. Even some of the games that they lost, they weren't all blowouts. I know there were some, but they played close in a lot of games, and they won some. You know, they, they made it close at the end, not close, but they won some games, and they come in there for a little bit. But I, yeah, I just it does worry me how this culture. You know, Joe Judge seemed to not control have the locker room. Shermer was just you know not a good coach at all. Yeah. Uh, and this guy, you know, it seems that. Yeah, you know, he's he's while he has control at a certain point, he's also a little bit off the handle. That's you know, I know we I feel like I mentioned about his. I remember seeing him in training camp last year. Um, seeing him in training camp last year, and um, um, I mean, I thought he's pretty he's pretty excited. Uh, but I, remember, I I didn't think that he would um he would uh the, the situation would be the you know well he just demeans coaches and treats them like crap. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, so I don't know. we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens over the course of the next next couple months. Hopefully, you know, it kind of goes away. Hopefully, you know, he maybe he talks about it. maybe maybe he's some anger management classes. <laughs> um, but you know, he seems like a guy who the players like to play for, who can able to manage and maintain the locker room, and and um, you know, should you know, and has a good pulse on the team. So hope hopefully that the situation kind of subsides. And he improves his, um, you know, demeanor to a point that he's not, you know, pissing off coaches and driving good talent away from the team. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> let's uh, let's move forward on, on other thoughts in the off season with the Giants. Um, the you know one point of contention with the Giants for I don't know our entire <laughs> lifetime has been uh, the offensive line. So. Uh, you know, do you think the Giants should trust the new O-line coach to mold the players that they drafted the last few years into a, a great group? Or do you think there need to be additions for talent in terms of, like, whether it's free agency or the draft coming up? Yeah, I think both. I think it comes down to do they trust Evan Neal going forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know he had an ankle injury. Um, I know they have a Josh Zudu at guard. But they definitely need one to sign at least one somewhat solid o uh, offensive guard mm-hmm. um so um I, I don't i don't know exactly what what their what their plan i know there's some guys available who knows you never know what's cap cap situations and other teams but they definitely need to bring at least one guard mm-hmm. um uh and definitely at some point in the draft um they need to, to address it you know whether that's the first round or, or later on but they have you know they have capital they have ignored the, the, the o-line you know between um I think get I think Shane and those guys have taken three O linemen in the top couple rounds since he took over. Mm-hmm. Obviously Neil Neil Earl top, very high seven overall. 
took Azu to third round and Schmitz um, last this last draft in the second round, the mm-hmm. third round, right? No, sec, second round. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're, they're they're neglecting it. They have some talent, but the problem is, you know, this guy. I think his name's Priscilio. He's he had some success last year with the Raiders, and and he's coached again under some decent decent coordinators. So you know he had you know he's had success as a coordinator uh, or as a coach. Sorry, as, as an offensive uh, line coach. You know, and he, he and I something I read he um, once they got rid of McDaniel's and he he was able to do some more stuff he liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is more power blocking, uh, mm-hmm. power run. They they were a lot better uh, at the end of the year, and he was able to take some guys who were not not necessarily top guys, but highly drafted guys into you know somewhat decent group. That's really what they need. They don't need you know to have like a '90s Cowboys O line. They just need guys who are like you know average or a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, you know. This year, when, it, when especially when Tyro was quarterback, when he had some time, he was making some throws. You know, yeah. every time you saw a, a Saquon run of more than a yard, there was pretty pretty good blocking. Um, you know, so you just need hopefully this a new guy comes this guy comes in and he his system is putting you know him and Dable collaborate. I know it's a fancy word. Hopefully, <laughs> and and you know and they put in a scheme that that works for and these players are coached up to to shine because you know I. I you know, is Evan Neal this big of a bust? You know, I, I know Schmitz is a rookie. I don't want to put him in a bust category. He had his moments last year, and poor Zudu. Um, you know, he put put way out, way on an island last year at offensive tackle, and, and poor. And I, I feel bad. Um, he should not have been a tackle. He's obviously a guard, but you know, you know, could, could he be a starting guard in this league? You know, they definitely have to draft some guys, maybe some guys to back up or competition. But I, I would just hope that this guy, you know, all things considered, can come in and make this group somewhat somewhat tolerable you know a little bit above average you know so they're able to pass block they're able to um um they're able to pass block they're able to um, run block as well and look look at you know look at Ty, uh what's the guy phillips tyree phillips he came into and he came in six to ten games of the year and after being cut by the giants came back and was better than any right tackle they had all year yeah <laughs> and i thought he was even that that good <laughs> yeah um you know you, if you saw you know pew had a good couple good start but he unfortunately got exposed Mm-hmm. I forget who else is about Golinski, but you know you can't have just one guy that's your and, and you know and as your O tackle uh, Thomas. You need more guy. You know I don't know I don't know what the plan is, and we'll get to that in a, sec- in a few seconds with the drafts. But you know I, I definitely had to bring some guys in. I'm not saying you have to go to break, break the bank. You know I, I'm it's it's if you sign a right tackle and you're basically saying Neil's open, it's done as right tackle, which is okay if you want to put him a guard. You know, he might be better off of a guard. I hate, I hate for them to keep, you know, making him fail as a tackle. They definitely need to show up the inside of the line. You know, do they trust this guy to come in and coach Neil? That's, that's what I'm not sure about. Could Neil takes this coaching. Could he finally show why he was picked so high? I don't think Neil would have been – I don't think Neil was an overreach. I don't think it was a bad pick at the time. You know, I recall it being pretty well received. Um, hindsight, it wasn't a good pick, but, you know, it wasn't somebody they reached on. So – you know, I hope this guy can come in and install his schemes and install his mindset and coach the way he can coach to make these guys a little bit better, mm-hmm. especially Neil. Especially Neil. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I, I think there's uh, just a lot of room for improvement. And uh, it's it was just desperately, desperately lacking. I mean, especially early in the season and in, in many of the recent seasons. So it's it's got to turn around one way or another, and the Giants have to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Now, uh, I want you to put on your Joe Shane cap for a second, Dan. Um, it's on. I won't ask yeah, you. To, I won't ask you to do our, our, our. I think once or twice you tried role play years ago, but we're not doing that. No. Because um, I don't. No. I don't, ha- no, I don't have a Goodell voice for uh, you know announcing picks, and I don't think you no. have a Joe Shane voice, so we're not going to embarrass ourselves. Anyway, no. <laughs> um, if you could pick for the Giants this this coming draft. What would you prioritize? What is the best option for the Giants in terms of picks? Mm. So that's a good question. And I'm not going to ask you players no. either. I, not in mid-January, but like roles. No, like, I know. Uh, no. Yeah, uh, roles on the team. Like, uh, um, so that's a, so. Let me start with this caveat, if you will. Now, let me ask you this question before I answer it. And I know my answer. If they can find a trade with the the Bears. <laughs> I can do that inversion about the Bears. And they can, they, I think I think Arizona might be. It's like it's the Bears, Washington. And by the way, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call a quick timeout. I'm gonna say this now, and I say this not as a happy Daniel. 
Washington's on the right track here, and it's hard to fathom that. I know we didn't. That was, was that me? Sorry, that was me. I was to say, how dare you? What kind of sound guy are you? No, <laughs> with the Eagles, with the Eagles crashing, with the Cowboys crashing, we didn't really, we didn't jump on that grave yet. Who knows? We will. Uh, Washington. <laughs> I know they've had a terrible twenty years of Schneider, uh, Schneider. Um, but you know, with the new guy they brought in as GM, and they might the coach might be the guy guy Detroit Ben Johnson. Yeah, no, it's not. He's looks like a good coordinator, good coach. You know, they have a second pick, right? Mm-hmm. So their 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 future is concerning to me in a positive way, but what it is what it is. But if if you can crack a trade with the Bears and get to that number one spot, you know, would you take a quarterback? If for the Bears, okay. Assuming assuming this, and you're not you trade you're making a trade. You have to trade some picks. You got to give some some capitals. Obviously, you can't get, you can't just take, get it for nothing. You're trading five picks up. The Bears say we want to keep Fields, and I don't know. I don't think they're going to trade the pick. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to take the quarterback, but in a world where we're, you know, playing this game, and the Bears say, "Okay, Shane, you know, this is what we want." Shane says, "Okay, this is fair. Let's talk about make a couple of uh, modifications to the trade. Mm-hmm. It's fair for both teams. Whatever the trade is, probably going to be a first round pick next year. Um, is what it is. You can trade up and get that first round overall pick. Are you taking a quarterback? Number one overall. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow." Uh, I tried to put you on the spot, Dan. You somehow turned this around on me. Um, I have my answer. Don't worry. I'll write it down. Okay. I'll write down my answer in case you need me to take a picture of it, and I did. All right. All right. So I have a philosophical answer to this that you're going to hate, I'm sure. Um, I dare you. <laughs> so I, I think it, it ultimately comes down to Shane's belief in the quarterbacks available in this draft. <laughs> And That's actually what I would have said, too. <laughs> no, but here's the thing, okay? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I've watched nearly enough tape on Caleb Williams. Uh, yeah. But with the history, and I have I have a lot of it, of watching USC quarterbacks, I would not select a USC quarterback as my starter. One thing I'll say to you, that, that used to be said about Ohio State quarterbacks, and go watch C.J. Stroud play last Saturday. I mean, yeah, it's hard to argue with. So, you know what? Your answer is really good. Uh, It's probably the right answer because we don't know these guys from Adam, not my son. um, (laughs) Or Seth's brother. I think Seth's here. Hi, Seth. But we'll we'll be ready for you soon. (laughs) Um, So, uh, we don't really have anybody. So, they could be – I like what I see and what I see in Caleb. I like Drake May, too. The kid from LSU, I don't think they're going to take him first overall, but I like him, too. Mm Mm-hmm. We listen, Joe Shane. I trust Joe Shane about quarterbacks because he, as I said before, he was heavily involved in Josh Allen's scouting process. Mm. Heavily involved. And listen, I, well, I, was watching the, I was watching the Buffalo game with my kids, whatever, what, Monday night because it was earlier. It was fourth, yeah. And I said, and they, they actually know more about football than they probably should. I said, hey guys, I have a question for you. What do the Giants, the Jets, the Browns, and the Broncos all have in common? And they were saying random crap. But I said, the Giants, they all passed on Josh Allen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. listen, he wasn't he wasn't polished he wasn't the perfect prospect you know but with some coaching you know and it was brian dayball he became you know a superstar all pro quarterback yeah so listen i don't know if drake may you know what he's going to translate what you know what he needs caleb williams we don't know what he needs you know he seems to have all the tools you know but the thing that hopefully they're looking at is yes the arms the arm strength is important but also, how do they process? How do they read defenses? And you know, how do they get the, when they when they how do they figure out this the you know getting the ball out? Yeah, they're reading that defense. That's, that's to me. Those are two important things. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, to be able to process and get the ball and throw the ball. Yeah. You know, I guess that makes too much sense. But I, I think too often in the last several years that the the intelligence or processing has kind of not been looked at high well enough. You yeah. know, I, and I think that's something where Daniel Jones, I know it's kind of the, the, the beating around a push here. That's the, the problem with um, Jones is that he doesn't really, you know, process as well. He doesn't know how to read as well as he probably should. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, I think your answer is really good. I think I would agree with you that if I, if they could make the right trade, I mean, you can't trade your entire draft capital, but if they like a quarterback enough to take him, I would pull that trigger. Yeah. Because I know, I, I know we're not, you know, too deep today, but. I don't think Jones is the answer anymore. I know we've gone back and forth. You know, yeah. is he a competent quarterback? Probably. You know, if he's healthy, he's not terrible. He could, you know, obviously a little bit better, the better line. Yeah. But you know, he's, it's just every, it's every other year. So why are we still answer this question after year, after year five? Yeah. Like, I know he got hurt this year, but he still wasn't great. He still wasn't, um, you know, in hindsight, yeah. 2020, they should have just, they shouldn't have offered 
pay the contract. He says, here's here's one year deal. Here, you know, here's a and if you want to go somewhere else. Yeah, like what you was know, the market for him outside of the building, yeah. and, and is he worth forty plus million a year? No. Is the question. He's no, he's not. That's that's just you know, it's probably a mistake, and I don't want to sit there and bad. I don't think I don't want to second guess. They, but they probably should have been like, listen, I, 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 I hope they didn't do it for, for fan, fear of fan backlash. Mm-hmm. I hope it wasn't matter getting involved, but they should have said, here, we here's a one-year deal. You know, we'll, we'll make this a nice deal for both of us, you know, and we'll go from there. Or if you want to go somewhere else, go somewhere else. And, and I'm sorry, but <laughs> the story about Jones since the beginning has been what was the market for him outside of this building? Like, Gettleman, yeah. Gettleman drafted him way higher than everyone else said that he was worth. Exactly. You know, I, hindsight, you know, I'm trying to have a quarterback who's picked later in the draft who's doing well right now. Or somebody who's picked Lamar? high who's not doing well. Right, maybe right. Hmm? Lamar? No, yeah, but that's a different story. He was picked too late. Somebody who was picked too high and he's not doing great right now. Oh, maybe Mac Jones. Oh, yeah. You know, picking a quarterback just because you need one doesn't, not, you know, is the right answer. Yeah. You know, it, it sounds like a weird statement to make, but if he's not going to be a Top guy, you don't think he'd be a top guy, you know? Like, a, yeah. like listen, obviously Mahomes is Mahomes, but like he was picked by the team. They traded up. They traded up fourteen slots. Okay, okay. I have to I have to say something about him that I mention every like once a year annually on this podcast. Uh, John, yeah, McAdoo. Yeah, as much as we all hate <laughs> Ben McAdoo, he wanted yeah. to trade up for for Mahomes. I'm sorry, like no. <laughs> we all you know dismiss Ben McAdoo, but he he eyed the talent there. Yeah, that, that's something that you know quarterbacks the most important position on the football field. You know, every team now, but I think the Niners have a top, you know, have a, you know, stud quarterback who's picked in the first round. You know, Brock Purdy's don't, don't fall on trees, don't crow on trees. Sorry, yeah. sorry, impression. <laughs> you know, we talked about DeVito a couple months ago. And I just clearly, yeah. you know, the rose blooms off the rose. Um, <laughs> right? I feel, like, I feel like I'm saying something that hopefully it's true, all quarterbacks. Even, oh, even Jordan Love. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was, you know, and he's definitely better than Jones. Maybe that I'm thinking about in, in my weird, my weird head. You know, he was picked what, kind of like a, like a Rodgers 24th weight, and now he's playing amazing. Well, that's, you like, know, that, there's part of that that's, there's a lesson in that for every other team. Like, if you put, if you draft anybody and you let them sit for a few years behind a great talent, mm. like, they have a chance to learn, and they're not just thrown yeah, into the fire. No. NFL's just tough today. I know, it's just tough. It's tough in the, the way the cap's set up and the way the contract is set up. Yeah, I hear um, you, but last, I worked out well for them. But yeah, last thing I want to say about the the drafting a quarterback thing is, um, I do think that like you bring in a new GM, a new coach, like every yeah. new GM should they deserve a chance to find and yes. uh, and and try their own <laughs> choice at quarterback. Like this, mm-hmm. Jones was shoved down the throat of these guys, I think, by mm-hmm. Mara. Yeah. And You're right. I don't think they had a choice in the matter. And like they they deserve a shot at picking their guy, whether that's the draft or wherever they I identify that talent. They should have a chance to pick their own guy. You're right. Unfortunately, the, the year they took over, that top five pick, and there was nobody really available. <laughs> yeah. And that's I, uh, maybe oh, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I know. I was thinking about Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is. Who knows what's going to happen? He's a Steelers quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's a Jersey guy, kind of by where I am. Um, <laughs> he's flushed from there. He, you know, he didn't play. And even how bad, how bad uh, Rudolph was on Monday, he wasn't brought into the game or whatever he played. Maybe on Sunday. No, Monday. They didn't bring in Pickett. So clearly, picking a quarterback just because you need a quarterback isn't always the right move. And listen, yeah. I feel bad because I know, you know, it's a good story. The local guy makes makes big, but. You know, sometimes you pick a guy because he looks doesn't, doesn't mean he has the ability. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's, I don't know. I'm not saying to force a pick, like you said. That's a great point. But if you think Caleb Williams is, is a real deal, you think Drake May is a real deal, you got to make that move if if you can. Yep. Um, I don't see Chicago. I don't see Chicago uh, um, giving that up, but I could be wrong. Yeah. So, and I know you asked the question, so I don't want to waste more time on that. But <laughs> honestly. I know we're gonna say, oh, if you're picking six overall, pick picky alignment. I think I'm trying. I think I'm, if for the first round, I think I'm trying to go receiver there. Mm. Now I know Marvin Harrison probably won't be available because the Chargers ahead of them. You know, if they don't take Harrison at fifth overall, he's there with Herbert, then they're just a bunch of morons. Yeah, certainly not senior. Uh, he's not available, but junior, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Is- Oh, then I say junior. Bring in Harrison. Bring in senior. I don't care. No. Better than any crap we had. No. Uh, yes, junior. Sorry, junior. Uh, I know there's a kid from LSU, Malik Neighbors. Am I saying the name right? Oh. Uh, another kid, a kid from Washington. 
Rome something. I forget his last name. So there's good, there's there's top talent up there. Um, I think neighbors would be available at six overall. I know there's, or I, I know there. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> me. Uh, no, uh, I know there's talent. There's some really top guys at the O line. Uh, that to me, I know it's maybe if you think this guy, I know the guy from Notre Dame and Penn State has two guys coming out. Honestly, uh, if I'm the Giants and I have Thomas and. I don't really want to draft another right tackle with top 10. And mm-hmm. they think this guy could be like an all-pro Walter Jones, Larry Ash, Larry, I was him twice, correct? Uh, name another great old tackle, the Thomas type of guy. Maybe in a couple of years he could slide to left. If they really think he's that good. But they need a, a top receiver. You know, and I think yeah. my thought was, you know, call the Jets and say, hey, 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 uh, hey uh, Douglas, you, you want to trade up? You want to take the alignment? We'll, 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 we'll trade back. Mm-hmm. You know, get some more capital. If, if they don't trade up. Mm-hmm. But I, I think O-line needs to be addressed. I'm not saying it doesn't. But I think if you have one of those top guys receiving-wise, because they did pass on, you know, Alave and they passed on Garrett Wilson for Neal. Uh, you know, I think waiting to round two would be, a, if you know, if you think you're good with that, would be a, a good move. Yeah. You know, to get a, get a stud receiver for the next couple of years, whoever the quarterback might be. Mm-hmm. You're running it back with Jones or whoever it is, they need a, a, you know, a top receiver. All right. Anything else with the Giants you want to cover, Dan? Um, so I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't put the hundred outline. I don't know why I forgot it. You know, I, well, I guess we'll get to this in a couple of weeks when we get back when we do a pre, better preview of the offseason for uh, the upcoming free agency and uh, the draft. But uh, I, I do, 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 can we honestly think that Saquon's coming back next year? <laughs> no. Un, under the, <laughs> like, think about it. Like, it's so you know, I was like, you talk, look at McKinney playing well. You know, you you know, you need an lineman. You know. We can't, you can't sign Barkley or tag him and 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 make the team better. I don't think that's possible. And you might need a pass rusher too, not just to go with Kayvon. You know, I just think they, it's just a bad situation. It's not going to look good, but it is what it is. You know, they just need that they need that eleven million dollars to to make the team a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny. There, so there's a run. I don't know if you're able to watch the last game at all. And I know it kind of became a pullout city with the Eagles. There was a run that your uh, your namesake Eric Gray had. And I forget who was the announcer. He even said, "Oh, a, a nine-yard run by Barkley." It was it wasn't Barkley. Um, I go, "Look, you don't need to be a top running back, a top two overall pick to be a, to get nine yards." Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not saying he's your answer. Um, you have a couple. Of, if you don't trade you know, up, you have some capital to move around and take a running back or two mm-hmm. um, to make to, to improve the O line. I, I just think you know it's it's, it's tough because he's not a bad guy. He's a leader. He's a good guy around the community. But it's just the position he plays and the situation we're in, especially if running back. Which I, I don't want to hear, oh, but we think Joe's needs, needs a running back. You know, well, that was quite a bit different Eli, and, that's, and that didn't work out. Yeah. You know, so I just want to see the allocation, you know, allocated to other positions. And, um, you know, whether it's O-line, whether it's um, – um, what was going to say? O-line or, you know, bring it back McKinney, I'd I rather see uh, – See it done that way, yeah. And you know, wish they call him the best. Let, let him pursue his dreams in the open market. Yep, agreed. <clears throat> All right, we good to move on to the Knicks? Yeah, all the stuff's still there. They hang up on us. All right, Seth. Before I want to rant, still here, guys. Oh, there he is, Seth. Welcome you're, aboard. You're, you're, That's you're, Seth Abbott from our, uh, uh, you know, always <laughs> as always here to t- chat Knicks. How's it going? It's good. I really have no idea what you guys were talking about the last like twenty minutes. But, um, I was, I was gonna, I was me neither. Ask you if you have anything to add? <laughs> I, 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 I want to know if you guys are. I know. I want to know if you guys are feeling better from the uh, from the last time we did this. Um, yes, I'm a lot better. Yes, sure. yes. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I, I I have been watching a lot of football. I just have no insight on uh, on what you just talked about. <laughs> That's because the Giants Listen, have been relevant chat, in about, uh, about three months. I got yeah, sorry. I uh, chat GPT this, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna come to see you. But yeah, no. So yeah, so big Knicks time, Seth. I mean, I think when we had a conversation, and suddenly the trade got made. Yeah, um, I think we manifested that deal. I'm pretty sure we we talked about OG. We did. That. I think. I don't think we were thought it would happen, did we? I don't think we did. I, I think I, I actually went back to our, our previous podcast for a while because I wanted to know what we talked about. And I think we pretty much said that. I think I said that the trade won't move the needle and that Toronto wanted too much for him. And you think um, too much? Yes, I, I truly believe that he's not going to move the needle that much and we traded too much for him. 
<laughs> but um, what's that, what, what was your initial take on, on on what happened? Like it really came out of the blue. I think. I think you're. I think what you said. I was agree with you at that time, but I think now, and you know, considering the success they've had, and you know, the forgetting about Deuce McBride and maybe Grimes is getting better. You know, and he's a different type of player. He, you know, quickly. I know. I feel like quickly is a harder loss for some for us. I like. I did like Barrett a lot, but I realized Barrett's not. Did it, what? Maybe it was Thibodeau's problem. Maybe it was Thibodeau's problem. Maybe it was um, when he was coached. But Barrett never could really excel here. Um, but I don't know. I I think you know it's a, it looks like a better trade now. But doing doing well. You know they they able to use OG different positions as a three and three and D wing. Uh, his offense, his defense has been solid. His offense has been solid. I think, and I think it put Randall. I think it gave the ball more to Randall and Brunson. It's giving the ball more to them. So I think it's kind of addition by subtraction while you add a pretty good player who can help you, you know, on both sides of the ball. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely caught me by surprise, Seth, to your point. Um, I I was very reluctant to give up, you know, quickly for anything. Like, I, I really thought he was important to the, the future. Um, and it's going to be heartbreaking when he's like, you know, uh, I feel like a key member of a, a great team at, in a few years, whether it's the Raptors or elsewhere. Um, but uh, yeah, RJ, I think, had kind of worn out his welcome as a, a key component of this team. And, and clearly, like OG's defense has uh, lifted this team in a, in a crucial time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that we all knew, like, in my mind, when they didn't re-sign quickly in the offseason, uh, I knew his days were numbered. I mean, the money that he wanted, well, we believe he wanted, the Knicks were never going to pay him. It's pretty much, you have a starting point guard. You're, you're paying the starting point guard a lot of money, a lot of money. But now quickly wants a lot of money, too. And you only have one point guard, you know, position. So um, I, I really think they made their choice before the season started. And that quickly was going to be gone by the end of the year anyway. So if that was the case, then, you know, Barrett was the, the chip. And if, if, you, if you had to choose between Barrett and OG, I think all three of us would, would choose OG right now. Um, but, but it is sad, like, seeing guys that got drafted by the Knicks, that want to be in New York, that came up in New York, um, not on the team anymore. I mean, you know, and, and I thought, you know, when you have, like, uh, the best, to me, the best six man of the year and, and a starting two guard in Barrett, like, I, I thought we could have gotten a little bit more than OG and Anobi. Like, I, I just thought that those two players could have fetched something a little bit bigger. Mm. I'm not saying that I don't like the trade. I think the trade is it, it's working out so far. But when you have two of those guys, I thought we could have gotten something a little bit better. Here's a question for you, Seth, with OG. Like, do you think he commands, like, you know, obviously the Knicks are going to try really hard to keep him. And he'd be motivated, hopefully, to stay. But, like, do you think the contract for him is going to be, like, exorbitant? Like, is, is it going to be super expensive to keep him around? Um, I think I think he'll, he'll re-sign with the Knicks. I mean, it, you have your choice of, like, the Knicks or the Raptors. I'm sure anyone would you know, much rather <laughs> sign with the Knicks and the Raptors. But um, I think they'll work out a, a deal with him in the offseason. Um, and he's, you know, he's a Thibodeau guy. He plays defense, which, you know, we love in New York. We always love that, that great defender. He's... Um, you're right. He doesn't demand the ball as much as someone like Barrett. Um, he's a very underrated, like three-point shooter. Like he's been hitting the threes. He's been playing defense. He's doing everything you want him to do. And like you know, he's one of those guys that if you hear him in interviews, like he's so like stoic. You know, he just wants like he just wants to play basketball, mm-hmm. and that's what we want here in New York. You know, we don't want any like off-the-court issues. We don't want like someone complaining to the refs after every play. We just want someone to play basketball, and that's what OG gives us. And um, like I said, what I've seen so far, I'm liking. I think um, I, I was a little scared. You know, when you play in Toronto, you don't know how, like, New York's going to treat you. You don't know. Um, you know, we don't know if he could play in New York yet. It's only been a handful of games. But so far, so good. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and the other two guys that got in the deal, I think they're pretty much throw-ins. I'm not, I'm not too high on, like, Precious Achua and, uh, and Malachi Flynn. I think they're, they're bench guys that aren't going to contribute that much. But, um yeah, I'm liking what I'm seeing in OJ. OG, and it's just OJ. It just it's you know it, it is it is sad to see the end of the the Barrett quickly era. I mean, like you know yeah. we the last couple of years, you know we've been in the playoffs and we were led by those two guys. I mean, 
um, it, it, it is, uh, it's definitely an era that's come to an end. Yeah. And, and weird too, that like, I mean, the Knicks had been such failures in the draft for so many years and then, you know, they re-signed Barrett and they, they, the drafts finally started to take a turn in a good direction. And then just to like, see them get traded like this is I think part of the shocking part. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, agree. I mean, look look at all the the past drafts that we failed at, and and you know, we've uh, we've picked guys that were definitely not even in the league anymore. I mean, Barrett, you know, with Barrett, you had like the third pick. You didn't have another choice. You know, with with Zion going number one and, and Ja going number two, you knew you were getting Barrett before the draft even started. And mm-hmm. like I said, Barrett's had an up and down career for the Knicks so far, but I, I've liked what he's given us, and he's definitely won us some games. Um, but, but like everyone says, like, you know, you're only, you can go as far as you can go. Like, like, like how much more could Barrett have given us? Like, I feel like there's days that he got lost out there. There's days that he only had a couple points. There's days that he was missing shots. His defense was a little suspect. Um, I, I think, you know, the, just, you know, the, the deal was out there. Um, it wasn't like, let's make a deal for the sake of making a deal. Like, you know, the Knicks really want to be one of the top teams in the East, and they really thought that this deal was going to was gonna happen. And, um, you know, like I said, so far, so good. <clears throat> I want to throw out a hypothetical for you guys. Um, so, like, obviously we're curious as Knicks fans, how is this going to help the team overall in the long run? But I think one lens to look through that and try to gauge that is, like, let's go in hindsight. Last playoffs, you know, the Knicks beat the Cavs in the first round, and... Um, then they played the Heat and lost to the Heat. What do you think in that situation, if it were OG and Precious um, on the team instead of RJ and IQ, what do you guys think that looks like? Like, how would that have changed the fate of the Knicks last year? Well, part of the problem last year was it wasn't Randall's hurt. So, I mean, I know they beat the Cavs pretty soundly, but the, the Heat series, I know that was tough. With but maybe we could guard, somebody could guard Butler. That might have helped. Or at least better defense than Butler, um, but I don't know. That's a good question. I, I feel like last year the Heat were a buzzsaw, um, uh-huh. and with Randall hurt, it, I don't think they would have made it much of a difference. Maybe you know, maybe Seth disagrees with me, but you know, I, I think I, I would probably say that they still would have lost, but it might have been a little bit more competitive. But I won another game or at that point. Uh-huh. But I don't know, Seth. What do you think? I'm not totally sure, but I feel like it wouldn't have helped too too much. Now, Erica, I love this question. Um, I think you could have had like the '92 USA Dream Team uh, playing, against, <laughs> playing against the Heat, and the Heat still would have won. It's just, um, I, 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 yeah, I think I think Jimmy Butler is like one of the most in our lifetime, like one of the most clutch like playoff performers I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I, I put him up there with like like Jordan in the playoffs because that's how clutch he's been, and. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. OG might have shut him down a little bit, but he still would have found a way to like win. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think if you if this trade was made before that series started, I really think the same outcome would have uh, come about. You know, maybe after like a year or two playing uh, in this team and, and under Tibbs would you know be different. But if the trade just happened and when they were playing the, you know, the Heat, I, I think Jimmy Butler and the Heat still would have won. Yeah, that's fair. I, and that goes back to your point of probably not moving the needle that much in terms of overall seeding and playoff results going forward. But uh, be interesting to see. Um, but we have not yet reached the trade deadline. So um, <laughs> do you guys think that another move could be coming for the Knicks to add more scoring? Or do you think that some of the pieces that have gotten a little bit more time in action now, including like McBride, Grimes, and even Chenzo, uh, could carry the load into the playoffs? Uh, Seth, why don't we start with you? I mean, you know, we're, we're here in New York. You hear rumors every like seven seconds. So, you know, every time you, you search on uh, what, what's Twitter called now? X. Every time you, you search on X or you search on uh, online, you always see another trade rumor that involves the Knicks. Um, I don't think they're going to do anything until uh, the offseason. I mean, you know, DeJounte Murray's name has been brought out, Malcolm Brogdon. So now it looks like they're trying to replace like Quickly's uh, scoring with another uh, another score. Um, I, they're gonna want to flip Fournier. They've been wanting to flip Fournier for like over a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, so and the only way to do that is it includes someone like Quentin Grimes and a few first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like I don't think I would mortgage like all my draft picks and all my assets for someone that's not gonna 
contribute right away. I, I liked I like Dejounte Murray. Um, I don't I don't see Atlanta trading him to the Knicks. You know, why would Atlanta want to help the Knicks out? Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't see any any deals going through. But there'll be rumors all the way up to that trade deadline. And you know what? Maybe a team does take a you know Fournier's contract, but they're going to want draft picks, just like you know when we moved Derrick Rose and, and and other players. You know, teams don't mind taking that contract on, but they want something else in return. So right. you know, it, Fournier's he's actually getting minutes tonight, which is shocking, but. Um, <laughs> I, I just I would hate moving him um, and giving up a first round draft pick. I would want something else back. So if they can make a deal with with uh, Dejounte Murray, if they can make a deal with like Malcolm Brogdon, sure. But I, I just don't want them trading like multiple first round picks away from them. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you give away you know Fournier, Grimes, and like one first round pick, I think that's fair. But when like multiple first round picks come about, then you know. Maybe maybe do wait until the uh, the off season to uh, to make a splash, or wait until um, you know Donovan Mitchell, who's been saying he wants to become a Nick for years, uh, becomes available. So, mm-hmm. uh, what do you guys think? Do you think they'll they'll make another deal, or do you think that's it? I think they're trying. I would imagine they're trying. But let me ask this question: because do you think that move for Brogdon or for Murray would would move that needle more, or it'll just be you know kind of more of the same? Um, it depends. I mean, I think, you know, in any of those two moves, I think Grimes will take a back seat. Grimes and McBride will take a back seat. And, you know, sometimes Thibodeau, it takes time for him to have a player grow on him. So you, like, I don't want them making a deal and then this guy just sat down to the bench and not getting playing time. Like, if they're going to trade for someone like Brogdon or, or um, DeJounte Murray, I want them, you know, playing like, like major minutes. Um, but again, sometimes, you know, with, with Thibodeau, we know sometimes it takes some time to... Uh, you know, to, to get minutes. Um, you know, I mean, I, in any of those deals, I think the teams are going to want Grimes. Like, yeah. and I like, I like Grimes. Like, what do you guys think? Like, would you give up? You know, Grimes is a young scorer. You know, he could score. We've seen him score. And he plays defense. Um, you know, is is Malcolm Brogdon, Dejounte Murray, like that much better than Quinn Grimes right now? It's a tough one. Probably a little bit. Probably a little bit better. I don't know. I feel like Grimes. Is, I don't know. I guess we don't. You're not inside a locker room. I feel like he's been screwed up by Thibodeau. Um, you know, I think he might need to change the scenery. Uh, he seems to be struggling. I know he kind of spoke out about missing a shot. You're going to be benched. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, maybe he's a new, a new a new place to play. Um, you know, I I liked him a couple of years ago. I remember, I remember very high on him, but it seems like he's kind of like a Barrett. Where how much more can he grow, or will he grow? Yeah, I I completely agree. I think it's he's on a very similar trajectory to RJ Barrett. <laughs> Um, he's just more of an unknown because, like, he's he's not getting extensive playing time, and we're not seeing so much of him in the regular rotation that we really know what he is, or like Thibodeau isn't really giving him a shot. But um, yeah, I think like Murray could be an interesting addition. I I'm not sure about Brogdon if he's quite the upgrade. I also heard a few weeks ago that um, Jordan Clarkson could be a consideration. I don't know if he'd be another person to consider. Terry Rozier, I heard too. Yeah, like I said, every seven seconds, you know, I hear DeMar, DeMar DeRozan, I hear Zach Levine. I mean, there's so many um, different guys that are on struggling teams, and those teams are definitely going to want you know, draft picks, and um, you know, they're definitely going to be sellers at the at the trade deadline. But I mean, I think McBride's been playing great since the uh, since the trade uh, as a backup point guard. Mm-hmm. You know, any of these deals, he's going to take a backseat again. Like that's going to stunt his growth. So. You know, they, they really have to be, um, you know, they, I think they really have to make a splash in my mind. Um, you know, I, I don't think Brogdon to me is not that splash. Like DeJounte Murray, uh, you know, I'd give up, you know, Grimes, Fournier and a first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. But there's none other, there's, there's, you know, maybe even DeRozan or um, or Zach Levine. But, you know, there, there's guys out there that are probably equivalent to Grimes and McBride. So I, I really want if, if they want to make an upgrade, you know, they're going to have to, uh, you know, bring me back one of those guys. And yeah. again, we don't know how those guys are going to play in New York. We don't know how those guys are going to play under Tibbs, uh, you know, reign here in, in New York with his, with his defense, <laughs> you know, with his defense. Like, you know, the, the, these guys that come over in any type of deal, they're going to have to, you know, play defense. Like we already know that OG, you know, before he even got here was a defensive minded player. So he fit in very well. Um you know the next trade that they make, that might not be the case. So, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm hoping for, for a deal, but I have a feeling they're just going to sit this one out and um, wait for the offseason. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, well, Seth, I have a question for you guys about, about um, McBride. Do you think he has some untapped potential ceiling if he plays more? Or is it just, you know, he's getting a shot and he's doing better now and he, this is basically he's a good backup, you know, going forward? McBride? Yeah, Deuce. I, I think he's probably reaching his potential, but I, I think he's he's looked a lot better recently than in the previous couple of years. What do you think, Seth? I think it's like going to be a lot like Obi Toppin last year. You know, uh, if he gets playing time, he's going to put up numbers. But when you're behind mm-hmm. someone like Jalen Brunson, just like Toppin was behind Julius Randle, uh, it, it's tough to to fit in, and it, it's tough to get those minutes. Um, but when you know when Brunson was out with the, with his injury, I thought. Um, McBride played very well. I think he's improved his shot. I think he's he's defensive minded. Um, I like what I see this year with with McBride. I definitely think he's growing as a player. Um, I'm happy he's getting that opportunity now that quickly he's not here to be that backup point guard. But if they do make a deal for like you know a Brogdon or or Dejounte Murray, those those minutes are are gone. Like mm-hmm. he's not going to get any more minutes. So and again, that's gonna you know. It, Thibodeau's really screwed a lot of these these players up with their with their minutes and like uh, I'm sure that a lot of them are leaving New York saying like what the hell did we get ourselves into um, you know like like a Cam Reddish or uh, you know an Austin Rivers like mm-hmm. you know one day I'm one day I'm playing and even Fournier one day I'm playing 30 minutes a game the next day I'm not playing at all so mm-hmm. um, that's just, just the way Thibodeau was the same thing with Van Gundy and Riley it's just that old school mentality that you you put your best eight guys out there um but you know it, we don't want to run these players into the ground either i mean you know uh randall and, and brunson are playing like you know so many minutes um and and you know it, it's it, it's the season's it's a long season you know there's still 41 games left in the season i just hope they're still standing at the end of those uh those 82 games <laughs> yeah amen to that <laughs> um what else you got dan well, do you, do you think if they keep running these guys in the ground, they'll be worn out by a playoff time? If you don't play guys like McBride or Grimes or it, the it happened, more? it happened last year. You know, I th- I think Thibodeau really has to trust some of his bench. Um, and with with unfortunately with that trade with uh, with Trainway quickly, that bench isn't the same as it was before the trade. So, and again, he does definitely does not trust um, you know Achua or or Malachi Flynn yet. Um, and Jericho Sims has been like, you have to put him on a milk carton. Like, you, you, don't even, you don't even know where he is anymore. So, I mean, you know, Tips is always playing as, as eight, nine guys. Um, but I think you have to, you know, once you start trusting these players, you really have to, you know, make that rotation a little bit bigger. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I did have one thing, like, you know, uh, NBA All-Star Weekend's coming up. Um, do you guys think that Randall and Brunson both deserve the all-star nods this year? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, definitely Brunson and, and I guess probably Randall too this year. I, I feel uh, like the Rand, I feel like the Randall backlash has kind of taken a backseat too. Like, like, like not a lot of people are talking about, you know, wanting to trade Randall away anymore this season. Yeah. I'm the I captain read, of that team. If you need to talk to someone, I'm, I, I read, I'm ahead of that community. I read about it. I read that somewhere. And it conf- it's still confusing me. I don't know. I don't ever I, I get mad at me, but who, how are you going to replace this guy's scoring? Like, who are you bringing in to replace Randall? Yeah. Like, if you don't, if you want somebody else, is one thing, but who who's going to come in and replace him tomorrow or next year? Yeah, I mean, I I'm the captain of that fan club's that that, that group, so I'll I could speak for that. I mean, um, to me, it's not one player necessarily, but like. I just don't. I I've never agreed with his style of play. Like he's to me, he's always been Carmelo light. Like he, he's not. Um, he had that one great play, I guess, last night with the um, on the fast break where he tipped past it to OG for the dunk. If you guys see that, yeah. Um, but in general, like he he kind of like it seems like over the years the ball stops when it gets to Randall and he just kind of dribbles and finds a shot and like the rest of the offense kind of waits around, but. I mean, yeah, you're right. He he's a he's a big time scorer when he's on um, when he's playing well and he's and when he's being consistent. It's hard to match that with one player. I feel like he's been better at getting the ball out and being more of a team player with Brunson's arrival. 
you know, he's kind of been has to take a backseat. He's definitely not a top, like a, a one A guy or one a number one. He's more of like a one A one B option, um, where you know he needs somebody to to take the load off of him because he struggles when he's needs when he needs to shoulder all the burden. You know, that's when we he had a problem a couple years ago when he was booed and he didn't like that. You know, and then when they got Brunson, he's kind of turned around his fortunes. So, yeah, you know, yeah, he's definitely not a guy you're gonna say, oh, he's our number one guy, and we have no, he's not, he's not a Ewing, he can't do that. Yeah, you know, but he, but he can be that one B where he can score and he can take the ball, and you know, it's hard to guard him at that in that body in that body frame and that and athletic ability. Yeah, he's also like like there are times where he becomes a turnover machine too. Um, it's yeah. like my kid. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the Knicks were like I think initially when they got him and were surprised at how great he was doing. Like you know, they thought maybe he he is the franchise guy. Like there was a, before Brunson arrived, it was like, can we lean on this guy as the as the leader of a you know championship team? Is he going to grow into that? He was an MVP candidate, like all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I think like for me, I need to see it in the playoffs from him. Like hopefully he's healthy this year in the playoffs and. Um, yeah, that would be a great thing to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know we got to go back to watch the game because it's second half starting soon. But Seth, have you completed your morning period for Taj Gibson's release? <laughs> I um, I, 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 I'm I miss- glad. Listen, I I was shocked. I, I, I was shocked about the deal to begin with. Um, I was not shocked that they they waived him. Um, you know, and <laughs> they they even said that you know once you retire, he hasn't retired yet. But he said, once you retire, you'll be welcome back on the coaching staff. And again, that's just, they should have done that. They should have done that from the beginning, you know, instead of uh, hogging up a roster spot. But, um, you know, the Knicks do have an open roster spot. So they're in position to make like a, you know, a two for three deal. So if something does come about with, with Fournier and Grimes and a draft pick, you know, they could definitely take back three players and maybe cut one or whatever. Um, yeah, but like going back to the whole Randall situation, um, I'm I'm okay with Randall this year. I really am. Like, I mean, yes, there's times that I still can't stand when he, you know, does that little 360 in the paint and turns the ball over. There's times that he, you know, yells at refs when you know there are obvious fouls on him. But but he's 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 out there every game. You know, he's not sitting out games like other you know prima donna prima donna all stars. Like, you know, he's there every game. He's working his butt off. You know, he has a good rapport with Brunson. Um, he he's really is given us everything uh, this year. He definitely deserves an all star uh, all star nod, and um, yeah, I, I'll be uh, I'll be happy to see two uh, Knicks all stars, uh, and hopefully they don't get shafted and both of them you know become all stars this year. But you know it'll be nice to see two all stars uh, on All Star Weekend. Yeah, hey, I probably won't watch the game, but it'll be nice to see it. Nice to see them make the team. Yeah, listen, you know me, I'm always pro like Knicks pub because people need to see the Knicks are are relevant. And they definitely are relevant, and hopefully, you know, guys want to come here. Or, you know, I know besides Mitchell, who, you know, he could have not signed back in Cleveland, but, you know, hopefully more people say, oh, Knicks are doing better, Brunson, this guy, and OG now, and Brant, so hopefully more people want to come here. But yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's how I look at it. Yeah, I mean, after this uh, this trade for OG, like, where do you see the Knicks in the Eastern Conference right now? Do you see them, you know, top four? Do you see them in that five through you know, seven range, like, like, where do you see them after this, this trade? And if they don't make another trade uh, for the trade deadline? No, they're, they're definitely should be top six, right? They shouldn't fall. I mean, mm-hmm. you never know, I guess it should be in that, you know, one to six, not the one to six range, four to six range. Um, you know, but it's a lot of teams competing there, right? I'm looking at it right now, but they, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think they should be able to fall into that spot. I think they're a little better than Cleveland. Uh, but like you know, the Heat, the Pacers are good. You know, Pacers made, made another trade, so who knows? So, um, but they're not. It's funny because they're not. They're three games be, uh, behind the Bucks, and they're like a game and a half or three games from the AC. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty, it's pretty close in either direction. And you know, hopefully, I know they lost a the game a couple of days for the, for the Mavs. They probably should have won that game. But you know, hopefully, as OG gets more uh, acclimated and they become a better team. You know, they keep wheeling off wait until they have, like, you know, they're playing the Wizards now. They're only up by a point, which is not really ideal. Um, but hopefully, they, you know, they find their footing and they're healthy and they wheel off some wins. That, um, you know, they, they make a statement and in that four to five range. So they or fought for us. So they have a home playoff series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like, yeah, I agree that it, 
it should be similar to last year, four or five spots, something in there. And um, yeah, that just comes down to health and finding a way to do damage in the playoffs. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't see it as much different than last year at this point. What do you think, Seth? Um, I mean, the good thing is that if they do end up in the playoffs, you know, they might get Mitch Robinson back before mm. the playoffs or during the playoffs, which would be a huge, you know, I mean, Isaiah Hartenstein's been playing out of his mind and um, there's not one Nick fan that probably does not like what he's contributing right now, but that that's kind of like almost like making a trade, uh, you know, late in the season, if we get Robinson back, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I still think Boston and Milwaukee are better teams. I think, you know, Milwaukee having Lillard now and, and Boston having, you know, um, upgraded in the offseason i still think both teams are, are better than the Knicks. Mm-hmm. um i you know philly you know they're one Embiid injury away from like mm. you know dropping so you know philly doesn't scare me that often you know that much um I, i'm hoping the knicks end up in the top four like dan said so they get that home court but i really want them to be in the top six so they don't you know have to play in that play in tournament game because mm-hmm. that play in tournament game scares the hell out of me mm-hmm. so, you know you know depending on you know one team could get hot the Knicks could get called, and before you know it, you're out. So, um, you know, I want a seven-game series. And, um, yeah, I just want to be in the top six. But uh, I really think this team has enough talent to be, you know, a, a three, four, um, you know, seed in the playoffs. So we'll, we'll see, what, especially if they make another deal, you know, to, uh, to upgrade their roster even more. So, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. But, you know, season's half over, and I, I guess you have, to, you have to like 24 and 17, right? I mean, you know then they've been playing a lot better after that OG OG trade. So, you know, as Knicks fans, we got to, you know, hold our hands up, uh, hold our heads up uh, high and, and be happy that we have a winning team. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, Dan, and, I mean, anything else you want to add, Dan? Uh, no, no, I'm good. I think this has been a, been a long time, but we're good. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, we'll have a, that you can trade, we'll come back and talk with Seth. But I feel like we're getting into a couple of weeks of, you know, just good basketball, hopefully. So, you know, if it's Hockey Staff, we'll talk a couple of weeks. And, you know, hopefully we're, you know, the team is shining and we're not coming on to complain about the team. It's more <laughs> positive, more positivity, maybe maybe another trade. Um, but hopefully they don't, they don't, like you said before, they don't force a trade. You know, you have, they didn't trade any first round pick for, for in the OG trade. So they still have capital. They can't always, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, somebody got to trade it or use it. So hopefully they, uh, allocate it correctly but you know hopefully we'll a couple of weeks we're even higher or in the, in the three to four seat and we're we're, we're a happy bunch and the all-star appearances are come to fruition yeah mm-hmm. all right well thank you guys uh always great to do this with you uh seth and dan thank mm-hmm. you for joining and um to all our listeners out there thanks for tuning in this has been the blue dudes podcast we'll talk to you next time bye guys